Good morning. You are tuned into the Media Lounge podcast, formerly known as The Ladies' View. Yes, you heard that right. We have rebranded. So if you didn't catch our update on Twitter or Instagram, we will now be operating as The Media Lounge. Mm -hmm. So why we did that? Well, we felt that we needed to appeal to a bigger audience, cast a wider net. Um, initially, we started the show with a vision of uh, women empowerment and making sure that women um, voices are heard. But that kind of shifted rather quickly because we love the men just as much. And we continue to bring on um, male personalities, public figures, co-hosts and such. So it was just um, the change was in order and it was due. Uh, Heather, do you have anything to add to that? I think that I agree with everything you're saying 100%. You're right. Um, you know, the ladies you, we, we, we had a mission, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, we have to stay competitive, and yeah. that means that we have to include everyone. And although yeah. we were still talking about things that appealed to men, they weren't really sure if it did or if it didn't by our titles. So <laughs> right. I think, you know what I mean? So I think that by changing that, then, like you said, casting a wider net, being more inclusive, Exclusive instead of being exclusive, which obviously wasn't our goal to be exclusive, but, right. you know, now we're able to, you know, still talk to more men because we want to get their opinions too. We want right. to know what right. they think. We want to know how they feel. So I think this was a good, good move for us. Absolutely. And without sharing the full vision, the media lounge, um, um, the media lounge. Okay, so where is our lounge? Well, I can say that currently it's at the Comcast studio, right? Because we do have the talk show. We record at the Comcast studio. Now, we haven't been there in some time, but we will be making our way over there in about two weeks. So mm-hmm. that right there is the actual lounge, and this is the media lounge podcast. So I hope you guys like the name change. If you don't, I'm sorry, but Too bad. Um, it is what it is. Too bad. <laughs> right? Too bad. You're not on the show. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> right, exactly. So with that being said, you may now find us on Instagram at Media Lounge Chicago, on Twitter at the Media Lounge underscore. Our website has changed. It is medialoungechicago.com. Our email has also changed, and I will post that on our Instagram. And what else has changed? Oh, our Facebook. I mean, we're just going to have to create another one. You know, Heather, I'm done with I'm Facebook. I'm so tired of Facebook. I'm so tired. Of, that's, that's for another podcast. I'm tired of Facebook. Celine hasn't even given me the new email address. You know, why? The because media I lounge. I'm just like, you know, what am I doing here? Okay, we're going to make that change today with the email address. So you'll have that information no later than tonight. So, okay, (laughs) I appreciate you, Heather. So let's go ahead and kick off today's podcast show. To begin today's podcast, we will be having a guest co-host today. She is a women's Mm -hmm. health advocate, the creator and founder of the organic bath bomb brand, Bomb A. Uh, asterisk, asterisk, F, asterisk, 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 asterisk. Is that correct? <laughs> and, and we're going to have to call that we keep, this show, we, we keep this show <laughs> close, so <laughs> we're going to have to so tell her Bob, about that. Right. Bomb AF joining us on today's mm-hmm. podcast, Jasmine Duke. Okay. Let me dial Jasmine. Yeah, I will. Okay. Celine. Yes. We have Jasmine on the line. Good morning, Jasmine. Welcome, welcome. How are you? 
Hey, good morning. I'm doing well. And yourself? Good. Very well. Thank you. It's great to have you on the line today. Uh, Jasmine, before we kick off today's podcast, I must say that you are one interesting woman. (laughs) 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 I gather that from all your Instagram pages and posts. So if you will, share with us a bit about your background, who Jasmine Duke is, and tell us about your brand. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, first off, thank you so much for um, inviting me on. I think sometimes I think my, my passions are a bit spread, spread all over the place. So maybe an uh, interesting is the right way to um, dub me. Right. So my name mm-hmm. is Jasmine Duke. Uh, I originally am from Minnesota. <clears throat> I grew up there with my father. I actually am a published author. I wrote a book called I'm Black and I Have a Dad. And really the essence of that book is just spreading a more positive narrative around black men, black families, um, and black fathers, of course. I actually was raised by my dad, single. Um, He took full physical custody of me at 30. So for me, I really grew up in a, you know, father-centric single parent home, which is not a story you hear too often, but I actually think these positive black father stories are are actually everywhere. We just don't, we don't get the visibility on them that they deserve. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. I have a published book. I'm also the owner of a organic bath company. So I -hmm. think... I guess I would be dubbed as someone with, like, sensitive skin. I actually don't think I have sensitive skin. I think my skin just doesn't like toxins, and your skin probably doesn't either. So Mm -hmm. I actually started a line of bath products really geared toward myself at first because I wanted something that I could bathe in, something that I could rub on my skin, and not worry about having some sort of terrible side effect. And that just sort of spun out into um, what is now this era a six product line, um, just really clean, organic skincare for people who are tired, right, of crappy right. products and, and bad yeah. reactions. Because I have very sensitive skin. I feel like I'm just sensitive to like going outside period, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's like everything affects me. And so when you said that you don't think that you have sensitive skin, you think that your skin just doesn't like toxins, that really probably is the solution for all women. Mm -hmm. Well, even if you think about, yeah, what we put in our bodies, I actually, um, my diet, is clean as well as my products. Um, I actually stopped eating processed sugar this year as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And my health has never been better. And it's hard because that granulated sugar is in everything. But if you can get right. away from it, I mean, and the thing that people don't realize, so I had a lot of sinus problems where I was getting between five and eight sinus infections a year. Mm-hmm. And I had yeah. that for like 15 years. And actually, Taking the processed sugar out of my diet, I have not had a sinus or an ear infection since. Wow, I love that. And I'm with you on that. I am huge on clean eating. I, mm-hmm. The only sugar really that I probably consume is maybe from the fruit. <laughs> you know, I'm very careful with that. Well, no, I lie. I do take like the organic brown sugar with my coffee, but I try to stay away from sugar, period, because I, exactly. I gain weight easily. So, <laughs> you know, let me just keep a clean diet. I always struggle with that. And you feel better, like you said, organic, clean eating. Hey, organic mm-hmm. bomb, <laughs> a bath bomb. Those are good, too. So what is um, – now, Heather and I said at the top of the podcast that we keep it clean, but you can go ahead. Tell us the name of your brand. Uh, sure. The bath company is called JD Bathco. Um, the signature okay. line that I launched first 
are organic bath bombs, and the, it's Bomb AF is the kind of online, and if you hashtag and all that, the Bomb AF thing is definitely carried, <laughs> carried mm-hmm. more name recognition, I think, mm-hmm. than JD Basco. Um, but this year I'm actually launching new lines of products as well, so I think the um, kind of the whole umbrella of the company is called JD Basco, and then all the nice. socials are attached to that as well. Okay, very nice. We love it. But we are grateful that you are joining us today on today's podcast. You will actually be co-hosting with us, which should be fun. So let's go ahead and dive into today's podcast with some entertainment news. So ladies, mm-hmm. are Kelly, okay? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spend too much, right? I don't want to spend too much time talking about this guy. As it seems, we may have already covered most of his story on previous podcasts. However, mm-hmm. I do want to provide an update. On February 22nd, R. Kelly was arrested and charged with aggravated criminal sexual abuse. He was then released when a friend of his posted a hundred thousand dollar. Uh, for his uh, for his bond, his bail bond, the Washington Post reported that R. Kelly faces ten counts of sexual abuse charges. Of course, R. Kelly claims that he is innocent, but that's yet to be determined. Ladies, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to let Jasmine go because she's probably not going to be as overly opinionated as I am. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I'd say that. <laughs> um, I think it's about time. Um, I think we know from, you know, one, I I try as, I try to not let a headline make me jump to a conclusion because I think we do that too much right now where we're kind of inundated Mm -hmm. with these really biased different headlines that you can see and you can feel like you know a story when you don't. But I think the, you know, with this 30 year run of R. Kelly abusing women that has been so, so publicly known that he's been doing this is it's. It saddens me that people have let this go on. I think, um, you know, the fact that you've got famous people coming forward, making comments about, oh, yeah, we knew that. Oh, yeah, that's why we didn't never let our daughters go over there. Like, well, what about everybody else's daughters? Like, oh, right, what about right. all the people who weren't lucky enough to be protected? I, I think that that to me actually really saddens me. And I think specifically in the black community, we have to stop letting men who have money or men who quote unquote make it get away with everything. Like Mm -hmm. more people can make it who actually have good morals, who are actually going to build back into our communities, who aren't going to do things that are so harmful to our people. We have to be ready to hold people accountable regardless like of, you know, being a great singer does not mean you get to get away with everything. It just doesn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Very well stated. You're right. Being a good singer or someone who has millions of dollars um, should not give you the right to abuse anyone, you know. Um, and I think that it hits on a deeper level uh, for people because some people feel like, okay, well, this was going on. And these are just things that I heard. This was going on, like, underneath our noses. And, you know, some of them were kind of acting clueless the fact that all of these girls were abused. Now, I will still stick by my belief that um, although he did abuse a lot of women at, the, at some point, they, they were young girls, they were young teenage girls, there were some people who jumped on the bandwagon too, and they are just as much to blame. Mm. 
they're just as much to blame for what Agreed. he did. If you knew about this, if you were if you were part of his camp, part of his entourage, or if you were a parent who was okay with his, uh, your 14 or 15 year old daughter being around him because you were looking at dollar signs, then right. you are just as much to blame as R. Kelly. Agreed. Period. I mean, a lot of these girls were given to him for cash. They yeah. were essentially exactly. sold. And then wow. they were groomed. And, you know, you've now got this, these women who are essentially broken women now because they've spent mm. their lives being abused and groomed to be okay with being abused because everyone who was supposed right. to protect them sold them and didn't protect them and mm. said, no, 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 this is okay. This is how you live. Right. That's so, so. sad. Very sad. And, yeah. and that answers my question because I was thinking, like, where were the parents in all of this? If my daughter is not coming home for two, three days, what's happening? But it makes so much sense. They were being mm. sold to this guy. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. Sad. This is a form of human wow. trafficking. It this is. a form of human trafficking. And people were getting dollars for this. Again, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so I was around in the 90s when some of these little girls were getting approached. Now, at the time, they weren't. I will say little girl because, all right, I'm almost 40, I guess. But at the time, you know, we were 14, 15, 16-year-old girls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when we're going down to Hyde Park or we're hanging out downtown Chicago and we see him and his entourage, and, of course, you're starstruck at that time because that's our Kelly. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. you're doing that, and then you're coming home and you're telling your parents. Now, my mother was not going for that, but I knew mothers who were going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Because wow. he's R. Kelly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, well, you're you're to blame now, and now you want to now you want to get some money for this. That's what yeah. I'm sickening. Because where were you 20 years ago? Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Right. Now they're looking. Yeah. At, you know, the money is gone. They're looking for additional cash. They couldn't enter into a legal contract, so you know, exactly. yeah, they're coming back for that. So yeah, I'm curious to see what um, comes of this developing story. So we'll definitely be following this story. It's um, disgusting, but we'll be following it. Uh, Mm. Right. More entertainment news. All right, ladies. The whole Jordan, Tristan, and Chloe scandal. I mean, I- this has got got to be one of the most talked about stories in the history of stories. <laughs> it's crazy how much media attention this has gotten, and guess what? We're guilty of it, too. <laughs> so, yeah, we really are. But, I mean, it's really, really trending. Everyone's talking about it. I mean, does it matter in the larger scale of things? Absolutely not. It's mm-hmm. all nonsense, but it's entertaining, right? That's why we're talking right. about it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the story first leaked on February 19th about Jordan hooking up with Tristan when they went to an after party at uh, Tristan's place. It had been reported by one of the contributors from Hollywood Unlocked that they saw Jordan and Tristan were all over each other. You know, the news spread like wildfire, and then it was announced that Jordan would appear on Red Table Talk with Jada to tell her story. That happened yesterday, and I I watched a few clips. I didn't watch the entire thing on Facebook. I don't even have Facebook, but whatever was trending online, I was able to uh, watch that. And Jordan really didn't spill much tea other than she had placed her legs on top of Tristan's lap and that pretty much he kissed her on the mouth. That that was all that I I heard. So, I mean, I think she's lying, but uh-huh. other sources say that she didn't leave his house until 7 a.m., 
So, girl, what's really happening? Goodbye to all of those. <laughs> because because to me, the Kardashians are a joke. I'm so right. sorry. You know how right. I feel about this family. They right. have Chris, who is the puppeteer, and mm-hmm. so you and I have talked in the past, and Jasmine, I don't know, you know how many of our shows that you've listened to, but I have very, very strong feelings when it comes to this, and I feel like all of this is done for publicity because they don't really have a brand. So mm-hmm. all they're really yeah. doing for, all they're really <clears throat> for is uh, drama. And Pers- yeah, yeah. personal yeah. drama yeah. and being able to peddle it to make money. I honestly exactly. don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of the yeah. headlines. I'm tired mm-hmm. of every time somebody takes a shit in that family. It's all over the news. Like, I just don't. I'm, I'm tired. I don't yeah. click yeah. on stuff with their names on it. I don't entertain it. I don't, frankly, I actually just also don't care what's going on in your household, just as a general thing. Right, like, right, I like right, in general. Some celebrity gossip is funny to me. I actually like rap, just if I'm being honest. Like, mm-hmm, Soldier mm-hmm. Boy, like, beefing with different people. Like, that stuff to me is actually pretty entertaining. But, like, this type of the cheating and all that we see, like, right. I just feel like what happens in your home is your business. And tomorrow when she takes him back, like, again, that's not my business. Right. That's not my man. That's right. not my household. That's not my... I, I don't care. And I'm tired, too. I feel like the amount of publicity that they get just on a world scale, it's too much. And the only way that stops is if we stop engaging with it. Thank you. Oh, right. You're absolutely goodness. right. Thank you so and you make, much. Yeah. You make such a valid point. Um, so Heather and I, you know, we're in media. This is what we do. So we report entertainment news. We report political, social news. It's what we do. It's, you know, why we have a podcast. And it's interesting to see that when I post something about the Kardashians, and not because it's of great interest to me, but it's because it's what we do. So when I look at the insights, and I share this with Heather, like the people that it has reached, like over 20,000 people get to see that post. Not everyone hits like on it, but the insights show how many people actually looked at this. And then we can post something very important about, you know, what's really happening and what's important out in the world. And it's like 90 people read. It's so sad to <laughs> yep. me. It's sad. <laughs> It's so it angers me. Like I see red, Jasmine. I see I see red when I like I'm feeling like, okay, what is this world coming to? Our society is only interested yeah. in garbage. Like that's the direction that we're headed. And this just adds more now. Again, I told Celine when when this first came out, I felt like it was just done for both publicity. Like this is yeah. just something them to give their show more ratings. I feel Feel like you know the crocodile tears that were shed when she was on Red Table Talk. You know, maybe mm. maybe the girl's guilty, maybe she's not, but she knew exactly what she was doing. Guess what? She doesn't have a brand either. So don't yeah. you think that this is going to get her the publicity that she was yep. hoping for all these years? Right. Yep. The yeah. publicity that yeah. unfortunately her mom was hoping that she would have. Right, you know, yeah. and, it's, and it works. It's, it's very sad when the parents start to get involved, and they're like, "Okay, well, this is what we're going to do to make you famous." Yeah, right. Come on, didn't I? Yeah. Well, let, let's just hope that it is done for publicity, because on a deeper level, 
if Jordan did this to Chloe, that's, I mean, that's betrayal because Chloe did have a family with, with uh, Tristan. They have their little daughter. So let's just hope that it was done for publicity. I'm just Elaine. saying because that is hurtful. That would be okay. so hurtful to me it, it if, you know, that happened to me. But look, but look what Chloe's done herself. Yeah. So we, can't, we, can't, we, can't, we can't forget that either. Like, she's not, like, completely innocent in this herself. She's done this more right. than once, you know. Yeah. And, the quality of people you hang around with matters. Like, I absolutely. think if anything, that should be the cautionary tale. Like, if you hang out with people that have, you know, low moral quality about their lives, you are not exempt from that. If you hang out yeah. with people who screw other people over, at some point they're going to do that to you too. Because that's the kind of people they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. extremely sad. It's extremely sad. And I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that um, this stops. You know, I'm hoping that a right. lesson can be learned from this and everything we should always look for. What's the lesson in this? You know, um, what, what, can I, what can I learn from this? And then, unfortunately, you've got these children, right? You've got these impressionable teenage girls, for the most part, and young women in their 20s that are watching this and that are like, you know, these are the lives that they want to lead, and it's really, really sad. It's disheartening. Hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's some more to come, and you'll see it all over social media, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you'll be seeing right. on there. <laughs> so um, let's move on to something a little bit more serious, Momo. Um, I'm not sure if everyone has heard about the Momo Challenge this week. It includes a Japanese bird dao mix type of creature. I really can't make mm-hmm. out what it really is, but it's definitely scary looking. And it had been reported that this dao was inserted into videos and would appear just as kids were watching these videos on YouTube, even like on YouTube Kids. So Momo would then challenge the kids to do terrible things like ignite a stove, put a knife to their neck, and pretty much challenge them to hurt themselves. So this evil thing was actually popping up on Messenger, I think it was last year, and it has once again resurfaced. So that is very scary as a parent. I told my daughter about this. Now, I don't know how true it is, but I'm not taking any chances. So I told her, hey, this is what's happening. This is what has been reported. It's been all over um, the news. It has happened last year, and I heard about it last year. It just wasn't uh, as big of a deal, I guess, um, as it was this year. So it was scary enough for me. So my daughter did away with the whole entire app. (laughs) She's like, you know what, I'm just deleting YouTube off of my iPad. Tell me when it's safe to get back on there. And YouTube claims that they have cleaned up the videos and are even going a step further to disable comments on kids' videos because we know how kids who are 9, 10, 11, who post videos of themselves, you know, doing whatever, slime or slime challenge and all these challenges that they do as kids. But one, for things like that to pop up as you're watching that, that's super scary. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we have the comments that can also be hurtful. So just the dangers of YouTube and the Internet for the kids, it's huge. It's a big deal now. 
So what do you guys think about the whole Momo challenge? Did you guys read any, anything about it? Thoughts? Yeah, I, I read. I, I saw something on it again last year. But of course, I didn't really pay too much attention to it until recently. And the unfortunate thing is that it took you to this long for them to do something about it. That's what I'm right. struggling with. Um, and then I, I did hear from some parents that they were watching YouTube kids and they actually saw the Momo or whatever the name is pop up. So, you know, you, Selene, you were like, well, you're not sure if it's true or not. It's definitely true because I have some friends that I'm connected with on social media that were saying that they actually saw it and how scary wow. it was. And um, there was another story that I was reading, I think, in California, and their child was actually going to do the challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? I just I, I, I can't I can't I can't deal with it. Um, you know, and it's unfortunate. Now my daughter was off YouTube anyway for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's been off YouTube for a little while anyway, but this just gives me a reason to keep her off for a lot longer. Absolutely. It's evil yeah. and it's satanic. Yeah. Yeah. Like now it. Jasmine, do you have children? I don't. Um yeah, I do not have kids and I will say though I me I mean stuff like this is just like what in the world like what is wrong with people like why is this a thing like it would scare me if I was watching YouTube and that like that freaks me out and I'm a 33 year old grown woman Mm -hmm. right but I also just I don't know what I would do with I I want kids at some point but I'm I'm one of those people who wants kids with the right people the right person so of I don't course, necessarily, course. I'd rather wait and have the right person and have kids. And if the right person doesn't come, then I'm not, if I live a life without <laughs> children, I'll, I'll, I'll be right. okay. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's really challenging in this, in this time period specifically to be a parent because we do live in this internet connected world where it, it's harder and harder to keep your kids safe. But at the same time, it's like you also have to allow your kids, you know, to connect and to have these these different socials and this and that and I just uh, yeah I I think it just has to be really challenging to know how to keep your child safe but also how to let them have enough of the world so that they can be competent adults right Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely. have to, yeah. You have to give them a certain amount of freedom, you know, but at the same time, still keeping still keeping your eye on everything, you know, and it, it becomes a challenge when you become parents of teenagers that Celine and I both know, mm-hmm. um, because when you have teenagers, it's like the whole game changes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have a 17 year old niece, actually, who comes to me and, you know, we have these honest conversations. I'm always like, mm-hmm. oh God, I hope I yeah. do the right thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Seriously. No, believe me, I do that every day with yeah. my daughter. I'm always hoping yeah. that I say the right thing, that I do the right thing, and you just don't know. You just don't know. The yeah. only thing you can do is just pray that you have and pray that they'll right. listen to you and just keep it moving because it can become stressful. Like things mm-hmm. like Momo, that, that can stress you out. Yeah. Because you're constantly thinking about it, right? Like, I don't want them to be involved in this. I don't want them to be exposed to that. But you can't let, they they don't live in a plastic bubble either. Right. Exactly. I mean, with leaving the house, you have, you know, that's my niece is getting to that point. We're talking college. We're talking like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of experiences that are coming up here for her that I want, you know, I went to 
college with some girls who lived very sheltered lives and then all of a sudden got to college and Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh my like (laughs) yeah you can't shelter (laughs) I think it's a little bit better if you make some mistakes or do some things while you're in the shelter of your parents home where the ramifications from those mistakes are not as severe or at least you have some context about the world but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's certainly hard. I think, too, life is, especially some of this stuff about, like, suicide and hurting yourself and ending your life. And, you know, I know a lot of younger kids now that have depression and things. And mm. I'm just like, man, like, being an adult is so, like, now imagine having depression and having to pay rent. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Now picture oh. having to stock the fridge with your money and being depressed. Like, that's oh, some right? stuff that's really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I think that communication is key. Educating your child is key. And um, that's what I try to do with Brooklyn, you know, just tell her, like, what's happening, why, I don't know why this is happening, but this is what we can do about it, okay? So just keep those lines of communication open, even as they become teenagers. It's just part of being a parent, and it's important. It's crucial. But I hope that they do away with Momo altogether because this is creepy stuff, and it's serious stuff if there are actually kids who are falling into this challenge and doing these awful things that she's challenging them to do. And so let's rebuke that. Okay. Um, Heather, I think you can go ahead now. You have your topics for us. Got a few things to discuss. Um, mm-hmm. The Chicago mayoral race, which I'm mm-hmm. pretty excited about, Chicago mayoral race. Uh, Jasmine, Celine, and I are both from the city of Chicago, uh, but I know that you obviously are following politics. Actually, anyone who has a pulse has no other choice <laughs> but to follow politics in the United States because it's a crap show. For right. sure. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. It is like I, I'm always with my mouth open like that that really just happened. Okay, I'm I'm disgusted constantly. It's like every day I'm nauseous from politics because you just don't know what's going to happen next. However, the election that I'm most looking forward to is the Chicago mayoral race, although I am not a resident of the actual city anymore. Mm -hmm, Celine and I both mm -hmm. live in a suburb of Chicago, Mm -hmm. so we can't vote. But I'm living vicariously through my Chicago people because this past Tuesday night history was made as former federal prosecutor, Lori Lightfoot. She's so tiny. She's like the smallest person ever. Did you guys see? Did you guys mm-hmm. see yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. A, she's, she's literally the size of my 10-year-old. And yeah. Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle became two candidates vying to become mayor, and they are two successful black women. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Lord, I was so excited. Like, Chicago is about to see some change. Now, I'm hoping sure it's change so. for the better. Hoping it's yeah. change for the better, but I'm just excited because Chicago's never seen this before. Right. Yeah. Two black women, black women, double my, right, two black yep. women running for Chicago mayor. And then add to that, um, uh, Lori Lightfoot is a lesbian. Mm. So she's got three things playing against her. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hard enough being black and a woman in politics mm. or any in, in any position. Anywhere. But now, yeah. but now you add the fact that you're a lesbian to this. Whether you agree right. with her lifestyle or not, I still think that this is going to be a fantastic election. We're seeing that. 
at a national scale, we're seeing way more diversity. I mean, women Mm -hmm. specifically at every level of government right now are just Mm -hmm. on the rise, women of color on the rise. I think one of the most hopeful things I've seen over the last couple years since, you know, who was elected is that the, the diversity and the amount of women and women of color who are now get you know getting focused who are being taken serious as candidates that a lot of these races you know i don't know if if we would have the surge we have right now if you know so many extreme things hadn't preceded it so i think that's hopeful the only thing i really just hope is i really just hope people keep these races clean like not you know what i mean like come on now come on, we got two black female competitors, but, like, let's keep it clean. Like, please, oh, let's yeah. have some class back in our politics. Uh-huh. Like, do not get out here <laughs> and just keep it politics as usual. Like, please start right. changing that dynamic. There is a way for us to debate issues without trying to kill each other. There is a way for us to have middle ground or respect our opponent but believe we're better because of X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. that can be yeah. done at a civil level and I hope we're getting to a place where we start to see races that are civil I don't think so I mean I I I agree with Jasmine and I like I like where you're where you're headed with that but I honestly do not think that that's something that we're going to get away with because politics is dirty regardless right and I unfortunately do not believe that just because these two black women, successful black women, are running for mayor, that they're going to keep it clean. I mean, people are already saying that, like, you know, these things about Tony Preswinkle, that she's a thief, that she's shifty, and all of this, um, you know, for, you know, some things that she did in the past. Um, so I don't think that it's going to stay there, you know. So we're going to start seeing all these political commercials. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just kind of, and those are always funny because you really see how the other party goes in. Like you see, like the true like Republican versus Democrat, and um, I, I just don't think that they're going to keep it clean. I, I don't. At the well, end of the day, of, Chicago's going to get a black woman there. So right. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> bottom line is, when it's all said and done, Chicago needs change, and I hope that either of these women do bring that change that Chicago needs. We are already seen such a big cleanup and cleanup projects in Chicago altogether, which I'm loving. I'm like ready to move back into the city. I think the city is ready for me. <laughs> it's been some time, but we do need change and I hope that they can deliver. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say the city's ready for me yet. Um, I, for me. I'm ready for the city. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the city's ready for me as far as to live there because I'm definitely not paying those city taxes or anything like that, you know. And you're right, Chicago mm-hmm. definitely does need some cleanup because yeah. Chicago is the third the third largest metropolitan city in the United States, mm-hmm. but one of the, the most expensive. It's expensive yeah. to live in Chicago. I mean, I, mean, I pay Cook County taxes already. Yeah. You My do. taxes are and high. See, I, don't. I pay Cook County. So. I don't. Yeah. I'm in DuPage. So, okay. you know, our taxes, are, our taxes are definitely not as high as Cook County. Um, right. You know, but again, that's a, that's another discussion. But what I will say right. is that um, I think that Chicago is ready for change. That's what it Absolutely. is. Like Chicago yes. has gone through so much for the past 40 years, I would even say, on a, you know, lower municipal mayoral level, level excuse mm-hmm. me, that the city's ready for something different. Yeah. So. But anyway, 
still talking about politics, um, I was livid when I read the story that I told both of you ladies to research. First Lady of Virginia, Pam Northam, handed cotton to African-American children on a tour of the governor's mansion. And she asked them to imagine being slaves in the field. Wow. <laughs> what is wow. going on in Virginia? I don't need to remind me. <laughs> Of what my wow. ancestors because I already know. I live it every day. Wow. Her husband in general, though, is having, like, a really hard time right now. Like, just the, every story we say come out of Virginia right now is just racist to the core. I'm just like, what is, what's happening there? Like, I've personally never been there. <laughs> so I don't know. Don't like, go. Is, there, is racism rampant there? Girl, it is. Uh-huh. It absolutely is. It's bad. And um, I would say in, in some parts more than others, obviously. But, lady, your husband already had some issues. He was the right. one who was caught. Those pictures were revealed of him in blackface. And he tried mm-hmm. to say that he was um, dressing up as Michael Jackson. And yeah. if you know who Michael Jackson was even before the bit of Lido, he still wasn't that dark. So where do you get off saying that you were dressed like Michael Jackson staying, standing next to someone who was dressed as if they were in the Ku Klux Klan? Like, please tell me. What There's no explanation. Them? And then the man said, no, that wasn't me. Well, yeah, that was me. Wow. Okay. Seriously. So I mean, what she did was, go ahead, Celine. No, what was the point of it? I'm confused. The point of what? Of, of having the kids to pick the cotton or handing cotton to the kids. I mean, what was the point so of that? I, I, think, I think it was ignorance. I think it was malicious. She yeah. asked them to imagine being slaves in the field. Wow. Mm. Because okay. she said that the, the governor's house, um, was where slaves used to work. Wow. Okay. So there was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's, Amazing. That's what you want to tell a group of black children come yeah. to visit the governor's mansion that this is where slaves used to work in the kitchen. And here's some cotton so you can imagine being slaves in the field. <laughs> Do you understand like what that, that does yeah. to a black yeah. child? Right. Hmm. And I don't want her apology. That, that's why right. I don't, because she knew exactly what she was doing. She's a smart yeah, woman. Not she knew exactly what she, exactly. She knew exactly what she was doing, um, and it's really disheartening. Like, there's nothing that she could ever be able to say to me or my child. And now she's right. complaining that once she was making phone calls to the parents and one of the mothers hasn't called her back, good. <laughs> you, better, you better be happy that she didn't kick your butt. Exactly. Oh, I could go oh, on wow. for days about yeah. this. Seriously, yeah. I just, it, it, it was it, totally it's very for. upsetting. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me, absolutely, absolutely. And then she said that, um, you know, one of the mothers was like, they didn't grasp the implications of their behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't understand how heartbreaking this is. They've got some work to do, obviously have some work to do. And, again, where do you get off handing anybody cotton? Oh, my gosh. And she'll get, anyway. a, she'll get away with it, too. Absolutely. Ab- she will totally get away with it because people have been getting away with things like this that are even more egregious for years. And she wanted to say that she was trying to chronicle the important history of the historic kitchen. So cotton does that? <laughs> yeah, no. 
And there's more to our history here than being slaves. And people forget that, that every time we talk about black history, it always comes back to slavery. But the reality is, like, we cannot talk about, we don't have to champion that because that's the only history we have here is not rooted in pain. Like, there are other Mm -hmm. histories that you can talk about. I think, but as we as we start shifting more and more as a nation, like we're going to start seeing things like this because you, if you look, we are statistically rising. We're holding more wealth. We're holding more positions. Like things are starting to change, certainly not at the scale yeah. that I would want them to. But mm-hmm. as we start to get further and further from that, that place of being slaves or being oppressed or being secondary, you're going to see more and more of these, you know, the, to me, things like that are essentially, she was subtly saying, like, don't forget your place. Mm, exactly. That's what that was. It was yep. a don't forget your place. And she was making sure she said it to a group of children who are actively mm. being told now, you can be whatever you want. You can, you can rise. You can come out of these right. situations. You can educate. You can pull yourself up. We promise. Like, come on. And she turned around and said, uh-uh. Y'all belong back there. Don't forget it. Yeah. And here's your cotton yeah. as a reminder. Wow. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget yeah. where you, don't forget where you belong. That's what that is. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, she what better, she better absolutely watch her right. back. I'm, I'm telling you. She, she <laughs> serious. For her. I, I am so, no, no. What, what I'm saying is I may not be, but maybe somebody is. I'm, I'm sure security has ramped up it. around this woman, right? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure of it. Right. Oh, my best interest. Seriously, yeah. if I were her, I'd be so embarrassed. I wouldn't be leaving my house. I don't yeah, think so. I should think be high five in her homies at the country club. <laughs> yep, very true. I'm serious. True. Yep. But I also think oh, that's good. But I think part of what we have to do as a black community in the United States is hold more wealth. I know everybody, you know, listen, I'm not a pro capitalism fan. I frankly think it all capitalism does is provide opportunity for a class of people to be objectified. Mm -hmm. However, what I will say is that we do live in a capitalist society and we do live in a world where wealth matters and where we don't get seats at tables because we don't hold enough generational wealth to either build our Mm -hmm. own table or demand that we be heard. And I think that how you change that is not only by, you know, more positions in local government, more positions in, you know, government at a national scale, but also by holding enough wealth, generational wealth that can pass on, you know, from person to person to person, Mm -hmm. that things like that don't go unchecked anymore. Very true and very well said. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that our focus has to be a little bit different than it's been in the past. Um, and I do think that we have to take the opportunities. And also, Celine and I were just on a podcast with Dr. Pierre Johnson, and he's part of a group called Pulse of Perseverance, and he was essentially saying the same thing. You have to make the opportunities, not just take them. Don't just take what's been handed to you. You have to, like you said, Jasmine, make a seat at the table, create the table to have the seat at. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things. Our black people are so brilliant and I don't think that we understand the magnitude of that yeah Yeah. well we live in a place that tries to make us not I mean I live in Atlanta frankly so I think my Mm -hmm. advantage on pro-black is a little bit different because I live in black Mecca (laughs) 
<laughs> you is, do. I love oh, it. Oh, which is amazing. Well, that's Atlanta why I moved awesome. here. Right. I moved it's here beautiful. because I wanted to be in a black community. I wanted to be around successful, well-educated black entrepreneurs that were pro-black unapologetically and who wanted to build the things I wanted to build. That's why I live here. Like, yeah, but that, I that. But, you know, we need to do that more. Yeah. And yeah. It, let's not forget, and we mentioned this on our podcast with Dr. Pierre, the lack of resources, that, I mean, for these, the, the children, the minority children. So it's our duty to make sure that we're providing them with the tools and the resources that they need to become successful as well, to provide them with opportunities. And I think that's just a huge deal here in Chicago, like let's say the south side of Chicago, you know, it's CPS schools, it's a huge deal. And we're always left at the bottom. Everything is just handed to mm-hmm. the white kids and, you know, and I'm, I, it's part of the reason why I moved to the suburbs because of the school system. Now, yes, mm-hmm. it's a predominantly white area and white schools, but the opportunities are there. That's something that I, growing up in Chicago, didn't have. And so mm-hmm. we need to make sure that that's provided in the city as well. And I think, mm-hmm. again, us as leaders and adults now, we can do something about that and make a change. I think it's so imperative that we do that. And, and, and help each other. So yeah. part of the problem is that when one of us becomes successful, we forget about the person next to us. Yeah. And I am big on even, even where I am now in my life, I believe in supporting people. I don't care where you've come from. I want to support whatever it is that you're doing to be successful. I'm never going to despise someone else's small beginning. Yeah, because the right. more that I help them when they are trying to come up, guess what? They will remember me when they get there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. remember that this person bent over backwards. Remember that this person sacrificed for me or they poured into me, you know, or they invested in me when I didn't have anything. And what a great feeling that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's what, a lot that's of what people need. Kind yeah. words. So I'm, obvi- I'm obviously an entrepreneur and I'm very connected into, like, the Black Entrepreneur Network here in Atlanta. I'm I'm actually part of a membership club called The Gathering Spot. I'm not sure if you've heard Mm -hmm. of it, but um, it's essentially a community of kind of connecting personal and professional lives and around, like, you get to be your, your kind of whole self there. You work from there, but you also party with those same people, but that community is largely Black entrepreneurs. So you're also kind of in this environment um, of everybody going through the same struggle, which provides a camaraderie. Um, but I think, you know, if you, if you can support your entrepreneurship, I'm sorry, your entrepreneur friends with money, that's amazing. Like, yeah, if you can yeah. afford to buy yeah. products, perfect. But if you can't, I can also forget that, like, entrepreneur life is very lonely, in my experience, at least. I mean, joining the gathering hasn't really changed that, but I mean, this is my basically fourth year of being an entrepreneur. It, it becomes very isolating because of the hours you work, because of the yeah. thing that you're chasing that nobody can see but you. I mean, right. the isolation that comes with that and, you know, just even reaching out to somebody, checking in on them, making sure they're not working 90 hours a week, making sure that they showered. 
I mean, I, that sounds silly, but, like, right. I used to have girlfriends who hit me up and be like, Jasmine, have you taken a shower? I'm like, sort of. <laughs> if I pulled the washcloth out of the bathroom, does that count? Like, you know, who would check on me and be like, listen, I know you're on deadlines. I know you're trying to launch something, but you don't forget to take care of yourself. Get some yeah. sleep. Have you eaten today? Because that's the other thing. I will not eat for days because I, I'm oh, busy. Wow. I forget. I'm Yeah, you just, when you drive so hard and you're working so much at something, things slip. So I think, yeah, if you can support somebody in coin, do it. But, or even yeah. social stuff, like you got friends who are launching businesses that your word of mouth, your recommendation, mm-hmm. your social share, which costs you nothing, yep. costs you yep. absolutely nothing to support them okay. in that way. And the, those things like that are huge for people who are trying to start businesses. Yeah, it is. I mean, it could just really be like, like you said, like a kind word or your support or being at their event or, you know, um, making dinner for them or whatever. Drop a snack by, check in. I've got friends I've been modeling for. um, It's kind of funny now, accidentally, I'm in like all these different campaigns in Atlanta right now. (laughs) It's just because I have friends who have products and like models and stuff are expensive and photo shoots are expensive and like all these costs stack up so I'm like yo you need a model to roll up and be do this for free I'll do it for you for free no problem right. like I love because that. just I, I know what that feels like I know what it feels like trying to get these visions out and you know you don't have a Nike budget you don't have Lush's budget <laughs> right. but you need to compete on that scale if you want to make it in Instagram or if you want your stuff to stand out on Pinterest yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely, absolutely. very well said yeah. Well, um, Heather, do you have anything more for us? I think that pretty much wraps up the podcast, or at least the topics, right? Yeah. You know, I did have one more thing, but I think we have yeah. run out of time, which is perfectly yep. fine. We can always get to my next topic next time. <laughs> yes. And um, for the listeners, let's give Jasmine the opportunity to tell us where we can find you, Jasmine. Or give us all your pages, all your contact info. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Jasmine Duke, J-A-Z-M-I-N-E, Duke, D-U-K-E. All of my personal socials are attached to my name. Um, okay. And then my bath company, again, is J.D. Bathco. And everything, again, all the socials, the website are all under J.D. Bathco. And the book is under I'm Black and I Have a Dad, which I feel like people okay. usually don't forget that title. Oh, right. right. And it's so it's, yeah, it's very, it's very much like in your face. Yeah. Like I'm black and I'm a dad. Thank you. Oh, you know, I so. love it. I didn't want any questions like, about the <laughs> Right. About either. We, right? will, yeah. <laughs> we will include Jasmine's bio and her contact information on our website as well. And that is MediaLoungeChicago.com. We are on Twitter at MediaLounge underscore. You may find us on Instagram and Media Lounge Chicago. Jasmine, it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. And I hope that you can come again and join us on the Thank you. In yeah. Thank you guys so much for welcoming me. This has been really fun. Absolutely. Oh, awesome. Thank well, you. Well, y'all have a good, Enjoy good weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.